0: Welcome to Onesies, the podcast of one season, wonders and blunders. My name's Andrew.
1: And my name is Emily.
0: And we are talking about the 1991 sitcom Morton and Hayes, ABC, right? Of course.
1: No, I think it's CBS.
0: Well, obviously, one or the other. We can't do NBC. Uh, A summer burn-off sitcom that did not get picked up, Uh, created by Rob Reiner and Phil Mishkin. And... uh, Looks like written and often directed by Reiner's Spinal Tap friends, Christopher Guest and Michael McKean, one of whom guest stars on this episode.
1: Yeah. And
0: what are your three things?
1: So my three things, gosh, you know, I, I have just general things because I really okay. liked this episode. So I'm going to talk about like the gimmicks with the props a little bit because I loved Um, There were a couple different ones. Um, Disney Princess and uh, He Who Shall Not Be Named. Okay. I think that's three things, right?
0: That is three things. Yeah, Disney Princess. I can't remember the correct verbiage, but Yodel costumes.
1: Okay, yep. (laughs) Uh,
0: Little Man with the Big Thing. And... uh, Chick, chick, chick. Okay, okay. So once again, the episode opens with Rob Reiner introducing things for us, and he he tells us that they combined Mummy and Frank and, and Dracula into a movie.
1: What was it? It was it was, was a combination of Mummy, but mostly Dracula. I think That's mostly what he,
0: Dracula. <laughs> I think
1: is how he phrased it, which
0: Dracula. was interesting. Yes.
1: Did we mention what the name of this episode was? Oh,
0: the the Bride of Mumula. The Bride we'll of Mumula. To, we'll have to talk about at the end because Rob Reiner's universe building is rather interesting. <laughs> so um, the episode starts with uh, Steve the Hunchback. Um, <sighs> Steve. A lot of hunchback jokes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like more hunchback jokes than Young Frankenstein in yeah. a lot less time. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yes yeah, so the hunchback has to go to town and get a couple brains just an average brain actually but if you can't find an average brain get a couple below average brains two below average brains will add up to one we do not see the mad scientist at this point
1: no but uh we immediately cut to our heroes uh after the mention of the two below average brains and uh i think in this particular scene Kevin Pollock is a powerhouse. He's got this strut going on. Very, very like acting very big, right. In a sort yes. of hilarious way. Uh, I just wanted to like edit that scene with, um, as easy top song over, over top of it. Right. Like just the way he's walking is so funny. Um, and they are approaching a small village complaining about walking all the way from Romania, even though they might be in Romania they're in some vague eastern european country. Um yes, yeah.
0: yeah. so while the first episode was a really general mystery, period mystery homage, this one is a very specific homage to the old universal horror movies. Like yeah. the village set is awesome, looks spot on. The castle set will be awesome. Uh, Cause we don't actually see very much of it in the, the introduction scene, but, and this is also where the, the lederhosen comes in as they are dressed like to, um, what do those guys do They're I don't even remember. They're Bavarian. What, what do they do? Come on. I, I don't know.
1: They're wearing they lederhosen.
0: Wear, <laughs> they wear little shorts and hats and I don't know. It's very funny uh very it's a it's a decent sight gag to have them dressed up like yeah yeah
1: yeah it just works um and again kevin pollack is just acing it man i don't know there's something about him keep an eye out for him he's gonna be uh he's
0: gonna be be somebody someday yeah (laughs) so they go to the inn and the innkeeper opens up the bottom of a split door and tells them to bugger off nobody's going to let them in in this village.
1: So did you notice that, that that door was like a German expressionist door? It was like bigger at the top and gotten narrower as it went down. It was very weird. I don't know if that was a perspective thing and they just didn't shoot it right or if it was on purpose, kind of
0: wonky. I think we're seeing the, well, it looks like an old universal horror set. It might also have some shades of, 20s expressionism in the okay in some of it um because it's not super like well, the castle's super specific to some frankenstein stuff but they don't actually get bogged down in it it's yeah. it's a nice way of doing homage yeah um in this one but then they have their first comedy set piece where they're futzing around with a well and it is nonsense but funny like. So
1: they're going to splash some water on their face and figure out where they're going to sleep.
0: Um, and uh,
1: Hay- Hayes, I don't know, the heavy one, you know, struggles getting the bucket to go down and then falls headfirst into the well, into the bucket. And then they have to try to pull him out. Chick calls over the Steve, the hunchback um, to help him pull out. And then, uh, Oh, the buckets on his head and this is my first point about like gimmick props he's got a big two by four that um he's gonna try to uh chick is gonna try to get the bucket off of his friend's head by hitting him with this two by four because that's how buckets come off of heads yeah. um but you see it and i i lo- i particularly love the gimmick when he's like pulling it back you can see that it's like rubber or foam or something it's moving <laughs> <laughs> uh before he even hits him with it and then it you know, has a nice curve to it when he gets hit in the head with it. I thought that was really funny. Um, And we'll, we have another thing very similar to that in a later scene. Um, I just love those gimmick props, man. Those are so funny. It's like professional wrestling and old slapstick all into one. It's great.
0: So, um, but the, the hunchback has already decided that they have two below average brains he can use. And so he offers them lodgings at the local castle. Very nice. Very nice castle. So we get to the castle and this is where we see it's got Frankenstein stairs. So Mm -hmm. the 1931 Frankenstein has a big wrapping staircase. um, And they approximate that enough that it's noticeable in this. Yeah. But then pretty quickly, Oh, this is where we get the Cumberbund inside thing. (laughs) They get their dinner clothes laid out for them for the second episode in the row. And um Eddie has put Cumberbund on the inside, and he's worried it's going to give him a rash. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> and Chick, Chick, who is played dumber in this one than he was in the last one, still knows the Cumberbund goes on the outside. Yeah. But then they hear some lovely singing.
1: Ah, beautiful Disney princess singing. And they are drawn to a courtyard of sorts where... um Guest star, guest star penelope ann miller is singing with a bird again with it's a-, a it's a puppet of a bird another puppet another comedy gimmick makes me laugh really hard but she's you know doing all of these high notes and scales and just like i mean it's like watching cinderella or Snow White or Sleeping Beauty just and then the bird copies her and then she does more flowery and the bird copies her and then eventually the bird can't copy her anymore and like falls over dead and I thought that was so silly and funny and I loved it
0: beat out the bird
1: but Penelope Ann Miller perfect she's so good in this I for you know I I remember her uh but I forgot she had even existed until this episode so I'm so glad she's so good in this
0: she had a very very solid early 90s run. yeah um, yeah by the time she her career was in bad enough shape, she tried a sitcom. it did not go well, but yeah. yes it's 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 unfortunate she had she had a lot of comedy range uh, that we get to see in this, especially for like a period piece like this, it works out. Um, one of her last big movies was the Shadow, which was also a period oh, piece yeah, and yeah. that actually worked out. so that actually worked out too. But um, both the boys are enamored with her. Absolutely. Except she is enamored with the doctor, whose name is Mummenschwanz or something. Mummenschwanz.
1: Mummenschwanz.
0: Mummenschwanz.
1: So like schwanz, like a penis, but mummenschwanz.
0: So like a, a mummy penis. So... Uh and this is where somebody makes a joke about the little man with the big thing. Yeah. But they're actually talking about Steve the hunchback.
1: Yeah. So. And she, she she introduces him as Steve. Yes. Oh, his name's Steve. And they kind of like, Oh, he doesn't look like a Steve. I thought which I thought was another brilliant moment between the two of them, like,
0: oh huh. Weird. Uh, But they're going to have dinner tonight with her, which is very exciting. Little do we know that dinner is served immediately because we are not wasting any time in this episode. Yeah. And so it's off to dinner where Eddie starts eating the pine cones because he thinks (laughs) they're appetizers. And. Oh, but, but,
1: uh, and she comes in and they try to pull out a chair for her and this is them competing. And this is another one of those gimmick prop things where they're they they're holding either end of the back of a chair and it rips apart. Um, again, a cheap little trick to to make it break. And then she ends up they pull another chair out for her and she sits down. But yes, yeah, she is enamored by Doctor Mummenschwanz and she explains how she got there. She was singing with a band. Uh, they ran out of money, so they went back to the U.S. and she stayed. For some reason, she was just attracted to the place, so she had to stay. And we are introduced to our host, Dr. Yes. Mom Dr. Mumenshox.
0: Count Mumula. Uh who Eddie thinks is the waiter. Yeah. Played by Michael McKean in a very nice Michael McKean guest spot. Um who's doing yes. who's
1: doing his best, Vincent Price. Yeah. I mean, he's very clearly doing Vincent Price. Um Which I found a little unsettling at first, but then I realized what it was and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. yeah, Once they get through this scene, I feel like there's sort of smooth sailing because they have a lot of information to sort of convey here. Like Starting with the brain measuring, Mm -hmm. which does not really come into play. Um, Instead, Michael McKean wants to give the girl a necklace. And it's an ankh, 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 ankh. Uh, it's an ankh. And so it's, it's weird how in 1991 you're like, oh, isn't that a little cultural appropriation? He's a, He's a mummy. He's a mummy it's unclear why though he's a mummy vampire too that's based on true the two. but it's hilarious it is hilarious <laughs> i don't know if that was it it'd be even funnier if they made michael mckean put on the bandages <laughs> so they have dinner um the boys are enjoying their meal they put he puts the necklace on um Penelope Ann Miller, and she gets the brain scramblies immediately. But her eyes go cross. I mean, again, she
1: plays it perfectly. Her eyes go cross. She kind of becomes slack jawed, Mm -hmm. and uh, nobody really seems to care immediately that she's kind of gone funny. No,
0: no. So uh, the count does not join them because he has to go. uh, He has other forms of nourishment, and so then we. Have a brief conversation about how the Count gives the boys the willies, but um, Penelope Ann Miller thinks he's fascinating because she's brainwashed. What I found interesting about this was um, why brainwash her? She, I mean, to this extent, like she's well, into yeah Mondula.
1: Yeah. I don't know if there's something deeper that's going to happen. Like she's going to sacrifice. Well, obviously she's going to yes. sacrifice herself. And so maybe like when it comes to that point, she's not that brainwashed. Right. Okay.
0: Okay. So then we cut to the bedtime. Um, they have a four poster bed that Eddie thinks is a bunk bed. So he climbs on top of it and breaks it. Um, which. Well, she least
1: which leads to a great scene with Chick, who's brushing his teeth in the sink, and uh, he hears the crash. He looks into the uh, the medicine cabinet that he had just opened, and there's somebody in it. Is it Steve? It's, it's Steve. Steve. Um, and he says, uh, he thought it was a bunk bed." Too directly, to, Like it would be in a in a Marx Brothers movie. It would be like groucho looking down camera and telling the audience what the joke is right but instead he's telling it to steve who's in the cabinet all of a sudden he's terrified and he's dragged into the cabinet by steve down a tunnel uh but i thought that scene was hilarious kevin pollock is whatever he's perfect he's wonderful so and then eddie comes goes looking for him
0: Eddie goes looking for him, <laughs> and he finds the secret passage pretty quick, and then he starts calling out Chick, yeah, which seemed familiar to me. That's because it's a bit from Abbott Costello Frankenstein, oh. where Abbott is playing Chick, and Costello is roaming around going, Chick, Chick 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 at some point so very on the nose and i don't know that you would ever be that on the nose with a reference these days because you could just look it up. yeah yeah
1: yeah but yes
0: so he gets attacked by a bat
1: another puppet which i again thought was funny it's like i don't know if the bat bites him in the butt or tries to fly up his butt but then we're uh setting the uh the camera at double speed and he's racing through the tunnel on his hands and knees. Very funny. And all I could think of was, oh, my God, I can't do that now. Like, I could never crawl on my hands and knees like that now.
0: (laughs) Yikes. In a haunted mansion. Yeah. You'd be be toast. So (laughs) he crashes through into an Egyptian tomb. It's actually Penelope Ann Miller's room, isn't it? When do they get, how do they get to the Egyptian tomb?
1: Because she she hears a wolf howling or something in the distance. Oh, that's right.
0: Yes. I'm coming, master. And he follows her. There we go. That's what happens. Yeah. (laughs) Then they get into an Egyptian tomb.
1: Don't worry. You can help me out later. Because after the scene where she's running to town, I kind of lose track of what's happening. So.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, in the Egyptian tomb set, which is also a very nice set. Like... Uh, they do a very good job with the sets this time around. Um, we've got Chick in a box uh, with his only his head is visible. And initially Eddie thinks he's decapitated, mm-hmm. but still alive, which yeah. I thought would have been a, an interesting thing. But really, Chick's like, no, dummy. Look in the back. Yeah. And he's just tied up. <laughs> yeah. So then Mumula shows up, Michael McKean, and he is going to open wide the gates of death. To the Netherworld with a rite of sacrifice, and by doing this, um, Penelope Ann Miller will become his bride, the bride of Mumula. All she's got to do is chop off Chick's head, apparently, and it's fine. Michael mckean turns into a vampire mummy at this point with fangs.
1: Oh my god! So that transformation scene was great. Looked a little bit like Boris Karloff for a second there, and then suddenly he's complete. His face is completely wrapped with bandages. With I I have no idea what it is. It looks like walrus tusks coming out of the the wraps. It was so funny and so dumb. It was great. (laughs) That was a great sight gag. Yeah.
0: And so Chick realizes that the necklace is what's causing the problem. So Eddie's got to get the necklace off of her. And once they do that... They tell Jody to run to the village. Jody's Penelope and Millie. They tell her to run to the village and get help.
1: Another great visual gag of her running against a green screen and every five steps falling over. So funny. So funny.
0: So Eddie can't get Chick Untied because he's not a Boy Scout. Um, they have another bit where they keep interrupting Penelope and Miller running out to tell her to hurry up and things like that. So mm-hmm. it's this has a different. This has I think Christopher Guest and Michael McKean wrote this one, not yeah, not Rob Reiner and the other guy. So um, once Chick is free, basically it's they're being chased around the mansion by Mumula, who's got a sword.
1: Another sword they, fight like last last time.
0: Yep. They go into a room where they check every door. In one door there's Steve with a noose. In another door there's a headless man. Oh, yes. Yes. In another door there's a there's a smoking dame that they look at, close the door and run away, but then they go back and she's been replaced by a skeleton.
1: Again, great like pans to the camera from both actors, both uh Kevin Pollock and Bob Amaral. Uh, when they realize that they've just screamed and closed the door on a sexy dame, they, yep. they turn and look at the camera and they're like, we're going to go back for this.
0: We're going to go back. That
1: was great. That was so good. Again, this episode was much, much, I was laughing out loud
0: watching it. This should have been the pilot. They should huh. have burned that shit off. <laughs> sixth. Like if this was where they could have opened with like, yeah, this was. Um, okay. So then they get up to the roof. And Eddie, it turns out, has a pocket knife, to which Chick is confused. And Eddie's like, you told me to untie you, not to cut you loose. Yeah. But they are being pursued by a slow mummy, a slow mummy vampire. And so Eddie, we we forgot to mention it, back at the beginning, the the innkeeper gave them a bag of garlic, which Eddie is now panic-eating. Chick was like, use the garlic on the vampire. And then Eddie's like, I can't. I've been panicking it. So instead, we're going to breathe on him. <laughs> so they breathe on him long enough for Penelope and Miller to get there with the villagers. There aren't very many of them because they were serving beef at the Legion Hall. So people are busy. <laughs> but they realize they need to smash the amulet. But they don't have any way to do that. So Penelope Ann Miller sings high enough to smash the amulet, which then kills Mumula. Fast forward to the end where they get the key to the village from the innkeeper, who still does not come out from under the door.
1: He's the mayor, too, I think he says. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, and then they all break out to dance. they Eddie do a little, a little chick. Dance. And yeah. Penelope and Miller do a little dance. Yeah. And then uh, Rob Reiner comes back and says, Hey, come wait. After the break, I will tell you all about Mumula. And so he then presents us a fictional biography of Dr. Mumminschwanz, which included a series of Mumula movies. And then. Um, the actor Edgar Lang, Jr. pretending to be Senior, and all this just sort of Spinal Tappy fill-in stuff. Yeah. Um, but what the questions, and then a cookbook called Yumula Mumula, which is pretty funny. <laughs> but it raises this weird question of: In what universe did the villain in a comedy short get a series? A of, spinoff? Yeah. But this was not even the first one. This was the bride of Mumuola. Oh yeah, and was first. So you're just like, so how do, what, what did did you, why didn't Chick and Eddie recognize what's going on? There's no continuity, Rob Reiner.
1: Eh, fictional universe. Fictional universe. So we we skipped over one of mine, which is oh, that. Uh-oh. which is that uh, when Chick, no. When Eddie finds himself in um Jody's room and she's still entranced by the, the the necklace, he's kind of frightened because something happened to Chick, and I don't know what happened to Chick, and da-da-da-da-da. And he goes into a very obvious impression of a comedy comedian and actor and film director that you and I um are familiar with. Woody Allen. Um that is very funny, but um, you didn't notice that when he's like, uh, and there's this thing and this thing did that and this bat bit me in the butt and I don't know what to do when he was doing that. You didn't notice that? I don't do a very good Woody Allen impression.
0: I mean, you're not married to your, your adoptive daughter, so that's sort of where you need to start. Mm. Uh, actually, no, I didn't. I didn't um, you didn't
1: catch that? Oh, I thought... I,
0: I think well, I've blocked it so okay. I don't have to, well, so we don't have to talk about this. I'll just edit of it out.
1: <laughs> 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 but that was my third thing. So somebody would have, I'm sure all of our thousands of fans would have,
0: are going to notice that it's missing. Yeah. <sighs> no, that's weird that I didn't notice it. <laughs>
1: uh, it is. It is. It's so far out of your consciousness now. Um, well, I thought that was a freaking great episode. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it's That's so like, much fun. Michael McKean, it had none of the of the first one, which is like always a problem with a pilot, but especially something that had another pilot. And so they did a second pilot. And then also, uh, like, this seems to be where Christopher Guest and Michael McKean sort of started having... Creative input, mm-hmm. significant creative input. It does not ever feel like a naked gun take off It never no. feels like no. airplane, right? Like yeah. it, it feels-, feels
1: like we're watching an old comedy short
0: with a few exceptions. Right. You know, just yeah. There are less anachronisms though, too. There yeah. are less things that you are like, this wouldn't have flown back then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does feel very much like and I mean they do a, a straight reference to Apica Sil meet Frankenstein. So I mean they're they, they very direct about what they're doing. So yeah. and it works out. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm very that <laughs> this episode turned out well. It was I was
1: not yeah I am too it was really good. Um
0: it's not not looking forward to meathead uh deadpanning for six episodes.
1: So the next episode will be um society saps Okay. Christopher Guest is in it. Allison Janney is in it. Uh anybody else familiar to me? No, not to me. Society SAP. so the the Chicken Eddie become waiters at a high society party in attempt to meet two rich and eligible debutantes. I'm assuming that Allison Janney is going to be one of them, but I don't see like a second female guest star of note that could be the other one. Maybe it's this Maria Parkinson. Uh, Anyway, that'll be interesting too. Sounds like a premise to a, a bit in a Marx brothers movie.
0: Yeah. That one does sound very much like a traditional
1: Chico and Harpo (laughs)
0: wreak
1: havoc in a, at a
0: dinner party. That
1: sounds, sounds like something I would enjoy. So yes.
0: um, Excellent. Well, cool. I'm, I'm happy that this show has turned around. Me too. I did not feel like I needed to... I wasn't missing Desi Arnaz Jr.'s uh, chest hairs (laughs) during this one, though I know you still were.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, thank you for joining us, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.